So now I ask your kind attention as Brother McRoberts speaks to us on the topic. Jesus really is coming back, but when? Thanks, God. Afternoon, everybody. Uh, just make this checking in to make sure you've not all nodded off yet. You've got time. Just hang on for, for, for a while. Uh, some of you, some of you uh, I will know, and some of you uh, will, will know me, but I'm looking around the room and I, I can recognize one or two faces. Um, that doesn't mean I'm going to talk particularly to those who I don't know or to those I do, but I'm just uh, pleased to see some faces that I do recognize. And uh, if you've not spoken to me yet, please make sure you do in case you owe me anything or anything like that. Um, This is probably the most important subject, isn't it, that we might think about today. I don't know what you've thought about today since you woke up. Jesus really is coming back. But when? Has that even crossed your mind today? Up until this point, here we are at what, 2.15 in the afternoon, has it even crossed our mind anything to do with the return of the Lord Jesus? When you woke up, in all honesty, you answer this for yourself, when you woke up, did you think for a split second that it could have been today? You just answer this for yourself, you, you know what the answer is, did you think that it could be today? Now, Gordon said, you know, this is a subject that we know pretty good. Uh, And I suspect that if I said to you, could you just give me a few verses? Could you give me a few ideas? Could you give me a few themes about the return of Jesus? I am probably 100% sure that everybody in this room could, could give a list. Which is strange. When you answered that question in your head... I'm pretty sure not 100% of us said, yep, I thought about that this morning. In fact, I thought about it a few times because I'm so convinced and certain that Jesus is coming back and that it could be imminent that I, I think about it every day. And usually when I wake up, it's one of the first things that crosses my mind. Another day has gone by and Jesus isn't here. So we might know these things at an intellectual level. We might appreciate them. We might be able to quote all sorts of verses. But this isn't preparing for our exams, our grades. This isn't, this isn't about uh, being able to demonstrate that we know that Jesus is really coming back. This is about do you really, really know he's coming back in such a way that at an emotional level, at a personal level, it's actually changing the sort of person that you are and it shapes what your day looks like, what your life looks like. So it's not just about, do I know it and can I give a few verses? Do you really, really believe it? And did you think it might, do you still think it might be today? Here we are talking about it, and and is it going to be in the next hour that Jesus is back? Would you be, yeah, you'd be surprised, but would you have expected it? Did it cross your mind that it was possible? And I suspect, you know, that because we might talk about this a lot, and with our parents and with our grandparents, I suspect everyone in this room has had lots of conversations with their parents 
or their grandparents, or with their Sunday school teachers, or, or with other people in, in, the, uh, in the ecclesia about the return of Jesus. I'm sure you have. And therefore, you know that Jesus is coming back at that level, that intellectual level. But I'm wanting us this afternoon just to push that a little bit further. Uh, and I hope that the, the time that we spend, we've got two, 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 two talks to, to, to explore this. Firstly, when is he coming back? And that's where we are, we're going to focus now. When is he coming back? So if I was to say to you, so give me a verse from Scripture that is absolute evidence for you that you know that Jesus must come back. Just in your head, what is it? Or, or write it down. What's the verse that you would give right now? Okay, if I stopped you on the street and said, someone's told me that Jesus is coming back and it says in the Bible, can you show me? Where would you go? Just, where is it? Where would you go? What verse would you show them? Have you got a verse in your head? Or write the verse, the reference down. What's the verse that you would use? That you would say, I know that Jesus is coming back. I know he's really coming back because this is what it says here. Let me show you. Now, if you haven't got a verse in your head, that's not a bad thing. But if you haven't got a verse in your head, I wonder why you haven't got a verse in your head. Because if you want this book and almighty God to shape the life that we live, and he's communicated to us through this book, we we should really know what he's telling us about the the, the coming of his son. Now, here's a verse. Was this the verse? Was that? Hands up those who, who came with that verse. Okay, good. So we've got plenty of other verses that you can share with me when we have our break. But there's a verse. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven. That's the promise that was made by the angels when Jesus ascended into heaven. Can you just open your Bibles with me at that section in Acts chapter 1? And the point we want to bring out here is... Just imagine if you had been with the Lord Jesus after his resurrection, you had spent the best part of six weeks in his company. You had been with him as he, as he traveled and uh, taught the people for maybe three years. He's now been crucified, he's been raised back to life, and you now have had six, with, six weeks with him while he's been speaking to you about his kingdom and about God's master plan for what's going to happen and his part in it. So if we look in Acts chapter 1, The disciples are with Jesus. And despite all the conversation and all the explanation, the discussion goes like this, down at verse 6. Therefore, when they had come together, the apostles had come together, they asked him, they asked Jesus, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? So they knew that there's going to be the kingdom established and they knew that Jesus was going to be king and was going to establish that kingdom. But when wasn't quite clear, it wasn't quite sorted in their minds. It it wasn't absolutely understood. And so Jesus says to them, it's not for you to know the times or seasons which the father has put in his own authority. But you shall receive power with the Holy Spirit when he comes to you and you should be a witness to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the world. There's a job to do 
to go and tell the world about me and about this kingdom. But right now, this kingdom isn't being established. It's not for you to know when. It's not for you to know when. These are the apostles, and they didn't know when. So the chances are, if they didn't know when, that you and I are going to struggle with knowing when. In fact, Jesus said, of the day and hour, no one knows. Not even the angels, but my Father only. When I read verses like that, and, and maybe you're the same, you ask yourself a really fundamental question. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why hasn't the Lord revealed to us when Jesus will come back? You see, there's lots of occasions in Scripture when we are given information about events that would happen with some degree of precision and timing. I want you to just look at uh, an example with me. If you go back to the book of Genesis, right back to the time of Abraham. Genesis 15. Here's God revealing things to Abraham. Okay? So we're there. Genesis 15. We're going to start reading at verse 12. When the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, horror and great darkness fell upon him. And then he said to Abraham, Know certainly that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, and will serve them, and they will afflict them four hundred years. So this is God saying to Abraham, Israel as a nation, the people, the sons, the family of, of Jacob, they're going to go down to Egypt, they're going to become their people who are going to dwell there for 400 years. And then, at the appointed time, they will be released. And if you just turn over into Exodus, in chapter 12, It's recorded for us that when as a people they come out of Egypt. Down at verse 40. Now the sojourn of the children of Israel who lived in Egypt was 430 years. And it came to pass at the end of 430 years on that very same day. It came to pass that all the armies of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt. So this is just an example of how God gives uh, big pieces of information about big events to do with his people. Quite precise. And it's interesting too, isn't it, that when we come across in the New Testament, when Jesus is to be born, we find that there are wise men who are looking for him. We come across individuals like Anna who are waiting and and expecting a Messiah to come into the world. And God has given all sorts of proofs of his existence and of his power through the prophets. When Remember, they've declared things will happen. And the test was, if it happened, 
then you would know that it had come from God. So it's not that, that God can't tell us when. There are occasions when God does tell with some precision when things are going to come to pass. But when it comes to the return of the Lord Jesus, we haven't been told. So we come back to the question. Why are we not told when? How about this? This is from an unusual version. Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you have seen him go into heaven in around 2,000 years' time. Imagine if that was what the text had said. If that's what had been said to those apostles. How would you have felt had you been the likes of Peter going out into the streets of Jerusalem and telling people about the Lord Jesus? Could you imagine how, if we were told that, which clearly we're not in Scripture, but if if we had been told there's going to be a period of time before Jesus comes back, what do you think that would have done for the generations that have followed? Where's the incentive to be ready for the Lord Jesus? Where's the incentive to preach that Jesus is coming if it's so distant and it seems so far removed from my experience? It's not in my lifetime. But what this does, by, by not telling us when, It means that for you and for me, Jesus could come back in our lifetime. That's what it means. And I think the way in which the the scriptures have revealed these things to us, how God has chosen to communicate with us, means that every person that's ever lived since Jesus went to heaven could live in a way that says Jesus could come back in my lifetime. That's why we've not been told when. That's why we've not been told when. So right from the beginning, we, we, we know in the, in the letters that were written, they were expecting the Lord Jesus. We know that the well, Ecclesia at Thessalonica, when Paul writes to them, in every single chapter he writes in that first letter, he talks about Jesus coming back and about people being ready for him. So for all generations since that time, there has been the urgency to act now, to be ready Now, because the Lord Jesus could come at any time. And there's a downside to this, isn't there? There's a challenge and a danger to this that uh, we find that is covered in one of the letters that Peter wrote. And it's interesting because you'll know this verse. When in this letter, Peter says, you know, there's going to come people who will be saying in the last days, so where is he then? You've been saying he's coming, but as it says, uh, where's the promise? Since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Nothing's any different. I'm going to suggest two things to you here. Knowing this verse, scoffers will come in the last days walking according to their own lusts. People concerned with themselves and saying, where's the promise of his coming? So these are Clearly, people who know that Jesus is coming. Well, we started at the beginning and you said, yeah, you didn't speak it out loud, but in your head you said, yeah, I know Jesus is coming. Yeah, I can find you a verse that says Jesus is coming. Well, there's going to be people who know those same things saying, well, where is he? And you could even suggest that when you read that, 
it says, since the beginning of time, from the beginning of creation. So maybe there are people that even believe the idea of God creating the world. Maybe they even believe that there is a God and that he has a purpose and that there is truth in this book. But they still scoff. They still say, yeah, I, I don't really know. I'm not really sure whether or not Jesus is coming back. I'm not convinced. Not really. And there's a danger, I suppose, that any of us could be sucked into that. We could be seduced by that very idea. Where then is he? How many times do you reckon we read about Jesus coming back in the New Testament? How many times? Give me a number, somebody. 20 times? It's like auction here. 20 times. Who's bid me 20? 50. 50. If you've got a 50, got a 50 bid. 100. Got a 100. Got, don't scratch your nose, you're bidding. 100. 150. 200. 200 at the back. I've got 200 at the back. 200 at the back. It's going once at 200. No advance on 200. Are you done? 200. 250. 250 at the back. 300 times. 300 times, directly or indirectly, there is an allusion uh, to the fact that Jesus is coming back. So this isn't just a little bit that that, uh, some Christadelphian somewhere have wheedled out a couple of odd verses and said, Jesus is coming back. And I say that because of all the churches that there are in the world. I'm amazed how many churches you've got in, in, in the Toronto area. But of all the churches that there are in the world, we've got a book here that says Jesus is coming back in the New Testament alone 300 times. And yet, I don't know whether I hear lots of people really shouting about that. And it could be that all the other distractions and all the other noise that we hear in our life, from the moment we wake up, when you reach for your iPhone or your DS, or you jump onto Facebook instead of the faith book, and what do you do? You kind of get drowned out with other things. And the idea that Jesus is coming back just could get lost in all of that noise. So it's not Jesus might be, could be, maybe, should be. It's Jesus really is coming back. He really is coming back. And did you notice in the uh, reading that we had, did you want to just uh, open your Bibles there in Matthew 24? I'm not sure whether you are... uh, the kind of people that would mix with burglars or... uh, what do you call a burglar over here? Do you call him a burglar? What do you call him? A, ro- a robber? We had, what, was that a thief? What a kind of guy that breaks in overnight when you're asleep. What is he? What would you call him? A what? Ladder? A criminal. Yeah, I'd go with that. Yeah, he's a criminal. Uh, I mean, we, we talk about cat burglars. They don't steal cats. but In the UK, we talk about a cat burglar. Now, you look like the kind of people who don't have uh, close association with criminals, burglars, uh, thieves, or whatever. But if you had a kind of a trainee burglar, trainee thief, criminal, who said, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a break-in. And I'm thinking 
this place is loaded. I'm going to break in and help myself. And I'm thinking about going at uh, 5.30 in the evening when they're having their tea or supper. Yeah. You'd say, that's a bad idea. No, you don't want to do that. You want to go when they're not going to be expecting you, when they're going to be ill-prepared, when they're maybe even going to be asleep. And it's interesting that on so many occasions, I think it's around 10, we read the idea that Jesus conveys of him coming like a thief in the night. Not expected. Perhaps when even people are sleepy and ill-prepared. So uh, if we look in Matthew and 24, verse 42, Watch therefore, for you do not know what hour your Lord is coming, but know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. Therefore you also be ready. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Now I suspect I'm I'm just telling you lots of things that you know. I don't think I've told you anything here that you don't know. And I don't apologize for that. Because when I asked you the question right at the beginning and said, so did you think that Jesus might come today? And you answered the question in your head. I suspect that some of you, maybe quite a number of you, hadn't given it much thought. You maybe thought what you were going to wear. You maybe thought who you might see. You maybe thought, do I need to do that homework yet? You maybe thought, what's for breakfast? You maybe thought, where are my shoes? You maybe thought, are there any messages on my texts? But I wonder how many of us thought, is this the day that Jesus is coming back? You see, these words aren't idle words. They're not just words that we read over and over and we can quote and when we're at Sunday school and we've got to give a verse that we know or when our parents say, now, you know, you know Jesus is coming back, don't you? you go, yeah, yeah, and you quote a verse. That's, that's not what it's for. This is about our life and about the world that we live in being changed forever when Jesus comes back. And we're being told that there is going to be a world not prepared and individuals not prepared uh, and uh, what scares me is the, is the thought that in this room, are every single one of us going to be prepared? Or are some of us not going to be prepared? Even though we knew. Even though we knew we weren't ready. Even though we knew we weren't ready. Even though you knew this morning, did you think that he might be coming back? You see, that's, this, is, this is reality. This, this, is, this is not a textbook for us to think about. This is the book that God has used to communicate with us how he wants us to live our life and be ready for his son's return. Have you seen that before? Some of you have seen this. I was quite interested to see this. this here's, a, here's a date which, which is out there. There's, um, there's a whole lot of billboards right across um, parts of North America where somebody has worked out that Jesus is coming back in May, 2011. It's May, is it next week? May 21st, yeah. 
So we've got a few weeks according to this individual. And Jesus is coming back. He, he, he's, he's gone back and he's taken a look at the, uh, the dates he's worked out. Gone back to the time of the flood. And uh, he's concluded from his calculations that that's when Jesus is coming back. And the, the thing is, you know, that there have been throughout history a lot of people who have in all sincerity and with good intent tried to warn people when Jesus is coming back. There's been people even within the Christadelphian community in all sincerity. And I guess if you, when you're looking at Scripture and you get really excited about Scripture, it's very easy to say, do you know what? When I look at this and look at this and there's a pattern here and a connection here, I think I can see that there's a possibility that this could be the date or the time when Jesus is coming back. And you want to share it with people. But it's kind of putting to one side those verses that said, no one knows, says Jesus, not even the angels. Six weeks of study with the Lord Jesus, the apostles still couldn't get it right. And the message really is that none of us are going to get it right. But it won't stop people. There will still be people with all good intention, but perhaps doing great damage and great wrong. And it's not surprising, is it, that people will be searching for a date. Because it's the big question. It's the big question. You'll know the story of Daniel and the image. You'll know the prophecy You'll know the situation, the uh, revealing of numbers of days, the day for a year principle, which is a good principle which helps us understand all sorts of prophecy in Scripture. But it will mean that there will be some individuals who will take that principle and apply it in a number of ways and come up with dates when they believe that the Lord Jesus will be here. And it's, it's, it's been a continual thing over the centuries. There was one of, the, um, one of the popes, I think, in the Middle Ages, decided that if he took the date when Islam was founded and added to it what he felt, because it was not a, a, a true religion, if he added to it the number of, of the beast, 666, that that would give the year when Jesus would come back. There was a Reverend Miller who was a Baptist minister in the, in the 1800s in England who had worked it out. He'd gone back to Daniel and he'd, he'd applied a line of logic, which I suppose we might say, Yep, it's a line of logic, but because it's logical doesn't mean it's right. He applied the line of logic. He applied a principle of the day for a year. He he went back to when he thought certain events had happened and added to it the 2,300. And he came to a date, taking it from uh, from the book of Daniel. 2,300 days, 2,300 years, added it together and said, 1844, Jesus is coming back. And most of his followers gave away all their possessions. And were all ready for Jesus to come back. And of course, Jesus didn't come back. Or the Watchtower Society, who we talk about, the Jehovah's Witness community. They too had had carried out their um, detailed exposition of the prophets. And uh, they in fact concluded that Jesus was going to return visibly and physically. In 1874, he didn't. So they went back to the drawing board and they worked it out again. And they said, no, it's now 1914. And when Jesus didn't come back in 1914, they said, well, we got it wrong. He did really come back, but you just can't see him. And they took a word, they took a Greek word, they took one word in the the chapter we read part of, 
What will be the sign of your appearing? The Greek word parousia, I think it's pronounced. What will be the sign of his appearing? And it's, ah, that can mean his presence. You can't really see Jesus. He's just present. He's really ruling now. What is it we've read about lightning from the east to the west? Every eye will see him. And nobody knows the day or the hour. And they say, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It says day and hour, but it it doesn't say you don't know the year. It's not right. It's not right. They take the word of God and they will use it in a way that they believe, perhaps with all sincerity and all good intention, will help them know when Jesus is coming back so they can tell their followers, be ready because Jesus is coming back. But we are not told for a reason. So that we can all be ready. As if it was today. Not for a day that's set in the future that we can just work towards. You know, kind of put off your exam revision till nearer the time. We've got weeks, we've got years before Jesus is back. Just, oh, just wait a bit. We've got years and then we'll maybe get converted, get baptised. It's fine. It could be today. And that's why we're not told. That's why we're not told when. We're just told he is And it could be even today. So ignoring warnings is not unusual. You'll know the passages. We've we've seen here in in, uh, Matthew 24. If your Bible's still open in Matthew 24. There it is in verse 36. Of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. But as the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. And you have read these passages hundreds of times, I'm sure. And you might be left thinking, so what's that got to do with me? It's got a lot to do with you and a lot to do with me. Because it's part of the warning. And it's telling us, Jesus is telling us, that when there's been warnings before, people have ignored them. We're told that Noah didn't just build the ark. Imagine if there was just the ark being built. That's enough of a witness. But he preached righteousness. There was also, too, a a bit of a sign in the name of one of the people who were alive at the time, who, when he died, was a signal, a sign, that something big would happen. But people ignored what was being said. And Jesus said, that's what it will be like. People will ignore what's going on. They'll ignore the signs. And in fact, this idea of people marrying and giving in marriage and eating and drinking. In fact, if you link it too with the, the, uh, the passage in Luke, where we read about the time when they were all taken unawares when there was destruction. People were eating and drinking, but they were buying, they were trading, they were building, they were planting. In other words, if you build and you plant, it's because you think there's a future. You're kind of doing things for the future. You don't plant now expecting a crop now. You plant now because of a return in the future. You build now for somewhere to live in the future. And Jesus said that's how people were. They were concerned with preparing themselves for their future. They they saw no intervention whatsoever from God. They had no idea that the Lord God was going to intervene and judge the way he did. They ignored. They were willfully ignorant. They didn't want to know. They closed their ears. They shut their eyes. They just pushed it to one side. And when it came, 
it says they were taken unawares. And Jesus said, that's how it's going to be. That's how it's going to be. Imagine if that was you. When Jesus comes back and you are too busy wondering, is there enough food in the fridge? When you woke up this morning, you know, you, you th- who's had the milk? There may have been something you were so concerned about this morning, you were more concerned about that than thinking whether Jesus was going to come back today. Perhaps. But that's the world that Jesus said existed when people got their priorities all wrong. And one of the big things that's happening that we need to just be aware of are how fast things happen. I don't know whether you saw this picture, whether you've seen it in any of the magazines or the news programs. But just a few weeks ago, it is literally 18 weeks ago, there was uh, a man, because of unrest in Tunisia, there was um, outrage at at poverty and uh, inequality. And they were taking their protest to the street And this man decided that he, as a mark of protest, would set himself on fire, set himself alight in the market square and uh, kill himself, took his life. And it resulted in in various other people sort of copying and a whole uh, upheaval of unrest followed. And uh, he was being visited, uh, you can see, in hospital in a dreadful state and he died. But it kind of was a spark that's gone across the Middle East. And 18 weeks ago, people were kind of out there with something being talked about happening in the Middle East in Tunisia, you know. Could you even put Tunisia on the map? Where is it in relation to the Middle East? Where is it in relationship to Israel? And before we know where we are, there's a kind of a chain reaction in other countries. Some of them, oh, I've heard of that one. I've heard of Egypt, yeah. And suddenly in Egypt, there's an overthrow of a man who's been in charge for 30 years. And suddenly we've got Colonel Gaddafi, who was a great friend of the West, an ally in as much as he was allowing all sorts of things to happen. And suddenly he's now, well, I guess depending on what time it is, is he still in power? Is he not in power? We've literally got things happening. But literally a few weeks ago, we've gone from a a, a news story that may have just been on the end that there's been someone taking their life in Tunisia and suddenly they've been uprising and uprising. And the reason I'm making these points is because there is something about speed and the speed of communication. We live in a generation where we know about these things faster than than any other of our generations that have gone before. If we were to put the history of the world over the last, what, if we took the last uh, 2,000 years across the stage here, where the far end was 2,000 when Jesus was alive, and I'm standing here at the present day, And we think, right, so where have all of the changes happened which have enabled mass and fast communication? We haven't got to go back very far where, you know, 100 years, and you, well, not much much around here. We, We probably had, your mail was delivered by a guy on a horse. And back here, you probably wouldn't even know what was happening the other side of the world. And now we live in a generation where you almost know in real time what's happening around the world. 
Every eye shall see him. Men's hearts failing them for fear because of what's happening. If I live back here, would I have known about what happened in Fukushima? It would have just been completely out of my sphere of knowledge, wouldn't it? But here, where I live now, where you live now, in the age that we live, we know so much. And it's fueling and feeding all sorts of instability around the world. People are fearful for what is happening. The knock-on effect, the mass communication, which is driving people to want more, to take power into their own hands. But the key word of what's happening is it's creating instability. Things aren't certain, things aren't sure in the world that we live in. It's precarious, it's dangerous. Things happen fast, real fast. That's why when we read like a thief in the night, why we read Jesus saying, watch because you don't know. We can't sort of say, yeah, 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 we'll watch. I'll watch. I'll kind of on a Sunday, I'll go to the meeting and I'll watch. I'll kind of do the readings every now and again and watch what the word tells me. This is about watching like we've never watch before because Jesus really is coming back it's not a story you know your your folks may have told you about Santa and about the tooth fairy and you kind of thought that's pretty cool but they also told me about Jesus coming back and if we're not careful we put it in the same camp this is real this is real it's so real that Jesus is coming back that we can't just Push it to one side. What I've tried to do is just to start you thinking a bit more about when. I can't tell you when we've seen. I can't tell you when. But I've also tried to offer you a reason why I can't and why nobody can tell you when. But it shouldn't stop us being curious and being uh, anticipatory, being excited, and being watchful. Being watchful. Because that's what Jesus told us to do, to watch. You can't be ready if you're not watching. So when we've had a short break, the question is, are you watching? And we'll look at one or two things that may be worth a watch, a few themes for us to think about, and also how we're going to watch so that we're ready when the Lord returns.